0: This podcast is for the woman who thinks she cannot change, the one who feels lost and can't seem to find her way, or longs to walk confidently and find the grace to finally forgive herself. If you've tried it all, give it up a thousand times or wrestle with what you've done and who you've become, you're in the right place. If you've ever searched, how can I ever forgive myself on the internet? Take a listen to The Grace Frontier. As one who's walked this path before, I love to connect with women to inspire them to walk in wholeness and live in victory. Hi, I'm Amy Elaine Martinez, and you're listening to the Grace Frontier Podcast. I'm a self-proclaimed grace slinger and victory girl, and I'll be your truth-telling trail guide on these episodes, helping you to sift through the lies and teaching you how to journey with Jesus, travel light as you unpack the baggage of your past hurt, shame, and regret. Identify your pioneer spirit and defining moments that mark you for eternity and learn to forge your way to newfound freedom, a deeper faith, and self-forgiveness. Each week, you'll hear how you can make lasting change in your life. In these short episodes, we'll talk about enjoying the wildlife, finding the wonder, and most importantly, finding your way through to the other side of your desert wilderness seasons. Girl, you're not lost because X marks your spot. Grace paves the way, and victory is your destiny. It's time to get out of your comfort zone and onto the Grace Frontier. Hey friends, welcome to the Grace Frontier podcast. I'm your host, Amy Elaine Martinez, and I'm thrilled to be with you today. There's a few things that I'm always saying around here on the podcast, like the wilderness isn't a wasteland, like the enemy wants you to believe, and grace paves the way. And last week, we delved into what it means when I say victory is your destiny. I hope that you enjoyed that episode because it was meant to equip you to live in victory, not just to visit the land of victory, like you're on vacation, but to learn to fight from and live in the victory Jesus died to give us, to abide in it, to take ownership of it, dare I say, occupy it. Yes, next time the enemy comes calling, seeking you out in your old neighborhood of defeat, I want you to be able to say, I don't live here anymore. I've moved on to better things because victory is my destiny, not today, Satan. I say that not only to make you laugh, but because I mean it. Say that out loud next time the enemy starts taunting you, and just see how fast he gets his tail out of there. When we start talking like we believe what God says about us, the enemy will flee. Try it. I dare you. Listen, over the past few episodes, we've seen how sin is ever creeping at the door of our lives, just waiting the opportunity or invitation to make itself right at home. How even our seemingly insignificant sins creep in and become a way of life. When we look at our new friends that we've met here on the Grace Frontier, we see sin right alongside the grace I've pointed out. Eve was deceived. Hagar was prideful. Lot's daughters didn't seem to know any better. And later in Rebecca's life, she too would take her eyes off God and try to take matters into her own hands like Sarai did. And later, Jacob's wife, Rachel, went so far as to steal her father's household idols, to take them with her to their new digs when Jacob had had enough of his father-in-law's abuse and declared it was time to move back to the land God had given him, back home where he belonged. Each of our upcoming episodes will show how in every story grace shows up. Why? Because sin abounds. We are a sinful people in desperate need of God's grace. Now, we don't talk a lot about sin in our culture. It's like a four-letter word or a taboo topic that can't be brought up. But you know what? As ugly as our sin is, without sin, there's no need for grace. And I am grateful for that grace that we've been given. So, we're going to go there today. We're going to take a look at being set apart and being a change maker. Because if our aim is to look more like Jesus, and that's what the Grace Frontier is all about, then becoming a woman who's willing to make changes is vitally important to living the victorious life. We have to be intentional about what we're doing and not doing. So let's take a look at what sin is, and then we'll take a good long look at grace. We'll define it and let it mark us for eternity to help us become a change maker. We may not like to talk about it, but sin is necessary to talk about. Sin is anything that separates us from God. Usually rooted in pride, sin puts itself before others and God. It seeks its own way and doesn't care who it hurts in the process. Ultimately, sin causes us to feel shame and regret, whether it's our sin or someone else's sin against us. Sin often feels like there's a chasm between us and God, like the Grand Canyon. It seems impossible to bridge the gap without some kind of divine intervention. Many times, sin leaves us feeling like we've gone too far, there's too much that's come between, or that we'd never be able to give ourselves, so why even approach God about that matter? What's done is done, and now we just have to live out the consequences. This is where defeat comes calling. This is where we get stuck in repetitive sin cycles of self-sabotage and self-destruction, where self-loathing pursues us relentlessly and self-doubt becomes our MO, the way we operate. But wait, we don't have to live like that. In last week's episode, we talked all about how victory is our destiny. And this week, we're following up that discussion on what sin is and what grace is. Grace is as much our destiny as victory. It's different. But before we can live in victory, we have to experience the transforming power of the Holy Spirit through grace. So here's what we need to know about sin. Sin is relative in that what feels like a gigantic sin to one may not even register on the scale for another, but that's irrelevant because it really only matters what God thinks of as sin. Whatever comes between our relationship with God, whatever it is that causes us to lose that intimacy that we were created for with God, that's the spot where we need grace to show up in our lives. When we look at the lives of the women we've covered so far in these episodes on the grace frontier, we see a smattering of grace extended where sin's twisted theology tripped them up time and time again and became a stumbling block for future generations. Y'all, this is what we call generational sin. It's important for us to understand it because its implications are far reaching and long standing. Generational sin may seem like a foreign concept or just plain weird to you, but do you see cycles of sin running in your family or in your life? Places where you thrive in chaos instead of abiding in God's peace, or where it feels more natural to be all wound up instead of living unraveled and untangled from all the things that so easily entangle us. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 reminds us of those who have gone before us, telling us to throw off everything that hinders and entangles us, that we might run with perseverance. This is one of our key verses today. Let me read it to you in the NLT, the New Living Translation. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. What I want you to see is that where sin abounds, grace lingers. Where regret leaves us feeling a cold shoulder, mercy moves in and covers the offense. Where shame threatens to take us under, redemption hovers, offering a hand up not just a out to assuage our pain. Yes, God's love gently reaches out and pulls us up out of the pit we've dug for ourselves or the one we've been pushed into. Whether we've caused our own grief or lied so much that we found ourselves backed into a corner, grace marks the spot where Christ shows up and says, not today. This one is marked for eternity. She's mine. What is grace? It sounds too good to be true, but yes, grace marks us. It sets us apart. Now that we've covered what sin is, let's move on to defining grace and let it cover our tracks, wiping out our track record. That's exactly what happens on the grace frontier. God meets us in the midst of our mess, and where his mercy covers up and hides our sin, his grace extends. Mercy is compassion in action. Grace is what gives us the grit to keep going. It goes before us and comes behind us. Where mercy covers, I like to think that grace extends. When I looked up that word for extend, it means to compound, to spread, or stretch forth. It unbends things, stretches out to the fullest length. Causes to move at full stride, exerting to full capacity, to make available, to cause, to reach, as to go the distance or cover the full scope of, to prolong, to advance, to further, to enlarge, to broaden. The archaic meaning is to exaggerate. Isn't that exactly what grace does for us? God's goodness extends to us, exaggerating his goodness to cover our lack, our slack, and our not enough. Grace extends everything Jesus died to give us out before us and behind us to cover our tracks, to go the difference and make a way forward to freedom it gets even better than that, y'all. Grace in the original language has elements of pitching a tent like out here in the wilderness on the Grace Frontier. Making a camp, encircling, protecting, building an impenetrable wall. Grace is what separates us, making us a set-apart people. We become tent dwellers living in the very presence of God when we receive his grace. His presence gives us a passion, persistence, and perseverance to stay the course, run the race marked out for us, and gives us the grit to do so. Grit is not only what we dig our feet into out here on the grace frontier, on the sandy, dusty wilderness roads. Grit is also the courage and resolve we need to get up, to not give up. It's the strength of character needed to live a life set apart for God, to be a change maker because he is the one who is our change agent making the lasting changes in us that reveal our truest identity, our pioneer spirit as we look more like Jesus. God's grace is enough to change us from the inside out. We are stronger than we know because of this grace. Like Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians twelve nine, this is our second key verse. I'll read it to you in the Passion Translation. It says, But he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you, and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weaknesses. For when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. Because this is true, we can make the choice to either leave a legacy of sin or be the one who says, this stops in me. I'm going to be a change maker. I'm going to be the one who breaks the sin cycle and stops the generational curse and the sin that plagues my family line. Yes, we can be the one who draws the line in the sand and lets grace pave the way forward to our freedom and for the freedom of those who come behind us. Instead, where those who came before us didn't leave a legacy of love or a path of grace and mercy, but a rift of judgment and prejudice, we can change the course for those coming behind us, all because of grace. Grace is the grit that gears us up for growth and guides us through the wilderness, because the wilderness is the long journey of living with the Lord, learning to linger a little longer, because this is where lasting change happens. It's here on the Grace Frontier where we forge our way to a deeper faith in God and ourselves to be able to live in such a way that others take notice, that though once things were one way. Now they are different. This week's episode stems from my study of Genesis 28 through 40-ish, I think. After a messy middle of betrayal and manipulation, deceiving and conniving, we find Rebecca in the midst of relational mayhem with her two boys who have become feuding brothers to the point that one must flee. Rebecca and Isaac finally have kids after 20 years of waiting, and they have this set of twins that turn out to be a lot of trouble in the future. The stories in this section of the Bible are much like a soap opera where there's family feuds over inheritance, money, property, and where just because it's a family business, not everyone gets a fair shake for their hard work. But through it all, the overarching theme is God is the God who sees it all, and his heart is ever for redemption and restoration. We see fascinating tales of flawed people in need of grace to step in and make things right and point them towards the holy when things get hard. There's no way I can retell the whole saga of events here, but I'll pull out some of the valuable lessons for us along the way. And as always, I encourage you to go read it for yourself. This week, we won't get too deep into the details of our story, but all along the way, throughout these chapters, we see Jacob, the brother who flees for his life, building altars to the Lord. Each time, God is meeting him and teaching him some kind of lesson that bears repeating. Each time an altar is built, there is some kind of sacrifice being made, and the same holds true for our lives today. We are meant to be a living sacrifice. I love how the message reads for Romans 12, 1 and 2. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. That's the living sacrifice that we're talking about. It goes on to say, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Every time we make a sacrifice of laying down our will for the Father's, we Build an altar unto the Lord. In every story from the first episode, we've seen grace pave the way where X marks the spot where transformation begins. We want to look more like Jesus in our everyday lives so that others will be drawn to us like a gateway to heaven where we invite them in to taste and see that the Lord is good, that He keeps His promises to a thousand generations, that He will never leave us or forsake us for our shortcomings. He is the God who stays when everyone else walks away, the one who gives us a destination and is totally committed to seeing us get there, the one who makes lasting change in reality in our lives more than a behavior modification. This is grace. Every altar is a place of sacrifice where we lay down our way for His. This good land that we're standing on is holy ground. Because God meets us in this journey. And wherever He is, His presence brings the holy. Even in the hardest of places where change seems impossible, we're gonna see grace show up, helping us to become change makers in the process. Y'all, this is what the Grace Frontier is all about. Next week, we'll trek a little bit farther into what it means to live our lives as a living sacrifice. We'll look at the lives of some of those friends that we've made from previous episodes and see where we can look back and learn a little bit more about breaking these cycles of sin in order to live in victory. And we'll talk a little bit about this SIFT method that I've developed to help us step out, identify our pioneer spirit, forge our way to faith, freedom, and self-forgiveness, and to travel light to unpack the baggage of past hurt, shame, and regret. My question for you this week is, are you ready to be a change maker? Our defining moment is when we make the decision to be a change maker. Our grace marker is when God shows up and we become consistent in our efforts to make the lasting change needed in our lives. In closing, let me read Philippians 1, 6 in the message over you. Every time you cross my mind, I break out in exclamations of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger of prayer. I find myself praying for you with a glad heart. I am so pleased that you have continued on in this with us, believing and proclaiming God's message from the day you heard it right up to the present. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Jesus Christ appears. That's my prayer for you this week. Until next time, happy trails, sweet friend. Thanks for hanging out with me on the Grace Frontier today. What did you think of that episode, friend? I pray it met you exactly where you needed it to. If you'd like to come and spend some time with me online, you can find the links in the show notes to do just that. My handle on Instagram and Facebook is at amyelainewrites. Or you can check out my website at amyelainewrites.com. Before you go, could you take a second to see if God would have you pass this episode on to a loved one or a friend? Take a pause and see if he places a face or a name on your heart. If someone comes to mind, text or DM them a link to this episode so that they can learn and grow and find freedom and healing through the words God gave me for this particular episode. And if today's message from the Grace Frontier touched you, it would be the nicest gift ever if you could take a moment to write a heartfelt review on Apple or wherever you listen to the podcast. It helps to encourage others to check out this show for themselves. Until next time, remember that the wilderness isn't a wasteland like the enemy wants you to believe, but it's exactly where God wants you to be. Because X marks the spot where grace finds you and me.